Coastal Podcast. This Building is episode yeah. 118, if I believe. Correct. Oh my gosh, 118. Wow, almost 120. That's crazy. Um, well, uh, today I am your host, Mike, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Sean and Colton. Yo, yo. Hey, yo. Uh, and we have a guest for the first time in a while. In a long Sad, time. It's been like a year. <laughs> yeah. Hi, everyone. Yeah. It's been a long time. <laughs> Yeah, so um, we have uh, my cousin Sid on, uh, and she is kind of an expert in a field, and we will be talking about that a bit today. So I'm excited to get into it because it's a topic that Colton and I have been excited to discuss uh, of late, and that topic is urban planning. So, uh, Sid, you want to kind of tell what you got urban planning-wise? Sure. (laughs) Hot seat already. I guess, I mean, we can go deep dive. We can just do basic definition now just to get everyone on the same page. So I'll probably go with definition first. Yeah, but even in getting my master's, um, people still ask me the question of what urban planning is. So what I understand and what I learned, urban planning is essentially just the study, the profession, the awareness of the built space. And so especially in urban spaces, how that built space interacts with people, how the people interact with that built space and the best kind of cohesion to, you know, within that space to make sure that Mm -hmm. people are living the best lives. So that's my loose definition. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and not fucking them up and not me. It's the goal. I mean, I think historically hasn't been the goal, Um, kind of redefining urban planning in the modern times is making sure that we're not fucking it up but i mean we can get into a little bit of that history too if you guys are interested yeah yeah, maybe yeah. A bit. i yeah. i have a, i've been i'm excited because i feel like personally i i listen to a lot of urban planning content on youtube yeah but yeah. Nice. they are not from what i hear they're not urban planners they are people who are into like urban planning as like this hobby and usually it's very city based experts you know yeah, yeah. And I always wonder, it's like, you know, I feel like they always have these great ideas of like, oh, we want to have our cities more walkable, more bikeable, blah, blah, blah. But it's interesting. I mean, they're always like, oh, we should pedestrianize the street. But I honestly got to think that there's way more to it than just like, wow, Mm -hmm. just pedestrianize the street. There's a big difference. There's a big difference between urbanism, like as like a a movement to a degree versus urban planning and the actual concrete Oh, day to day, how to yeah. get there, the process. Everything. And there's efficiencies everywhere. Yeah, that 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 it's like sliding for you. You mess with one, it changes another. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I, I will. I I will tell you. I will say, uh, these two like to talk about um, urban planning all the time. <laughs> I got none of it right. I don't. I don't. I don't have the knowledge. I don't have the buzzwords mm. right. Okay. I don't know practically anything except i would say i i am conscious of of things more than your average your average joe your average, average joe that's not like <laughs> like i could i could understand what you're talking about mm-hmm. i think about it occasionally but I don't like I don't know any terms or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if yeah. there's a term uh, that I, have I use zero level of expertise or anything. No, I mean I wouldn't I, say these zero. Guys probably... I'm gonna push back on that, Sean, because you live in built spaces. You live in a house, I'm assuming, an apartment, a place that you're surrounded by grocery stores and everything That's else. True. So you have the very like lived experience that planners also have, but really have to tap into to make sure that they're planning correctly for the space. So 
I have, have lived in a lot of places. And so. that's yeah. also and you've cool. traveled. Be like a benefit. You, you know, you know, the difference between cities in in Europe, cities in Asia, cities in America. Like you've you you yes. obviously have that kind of like culture as well. Sure, I guess I have the experiences, so. right? Mm-hmm. But have I ever built anything? No. Right. Yeah, a whole different thing. Just, <laughs> I gotta think. Took, take a stab yeah. at design anything? No. Yeah, yeah. And, so, you, and you haven't. So I feel focused. like we got all sorts of spectrums yeah. of, of of people here that we can yeah. pull That's upon. Fair. And it's not That's like you're fair. focusing on like, oh, I need like a rapid transit system in my life. You know, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like these guys want to walk everywhere for some reason, and I say screw it. Oh, yeah, I don't want to. Okay. Well, first off, first off, Sean, we've talked about this before. Your ideal place to live is like the classic American suburb. And I think the rest of us here all, are all like, I, no, 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 that's thing. not, that's not true. <laughs> that's I think, not true. I think we've actually shifted Sean, Mike. I think that you may have used to have been the case, but we've slowly indoctrinated Sean on yes. like, you should be yes. able to walk pure, pure or one of us. scooter. One of us. Yeah. <laughs> one of us. No, see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I want, and this is, this is, this is where maybe Sid can tell yeah. us if this is impossible or not. But what I want is... The ability to do everything <laughs> with no downsides. I don't want <laughs> I, the the urban envi- the, the suburb environment. Right, mm-hmm. has all of the things. Right, it has large grocery stores with everything that I could want. It has all of the entertainment shopping centers, which have this uh, wide variety of stores and theaters and all this all this junk. Right, but I like the ability to walk places easily. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. I. If I lived three minutes from this, sure, I would. But you can't have that big mass of stuff. Maybe you can, maybe you can't, I don't know. But you can't have the big mass of stuff next to the house because then you you lose parts of both, you know? Like your I don't like the, when we were in Spain, you guys were like, oh, I would love to be able to walk to the grocery store and go to Spain and everything. And I would say no, because those grocery stores have nothing in them, right? Mm. And I want I want the selection. You, so that's you want your where Costco I'm like within walking distance. Yeah. <laughs> you want a Costco on every other block. Uh, Costco's a bit much, right? <laughs> I, you know, yeah. it's, it's a far journey, right? Yeah. I, I want a I want a Target, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See that actually, Sean. I'm glad you said that because that brings up a concept that I definitely wanted to talk about today, which is the 15 minute mm-hmm. city. I don't know if anyone here has heard of that. Research. I've heard of it. Okay. Yep. Yeah. No. Yeah. Cool. So the concept um, is essentially that within 15 minutes of biking or walking, and I'm also going to put in just personally what I also prioritize, a functional public transit system. So within 15 minutes of of that way of tr- uh, transportation, that you'll be able to access all the need, all your needs, all the things you want in an area. And so that's actually a really big concept in urban planning right now is the 15 minute city. So. That is, yeah. yeah. Is that new? Um, I'd say in terms of just people talking about it, it's new. I haven't, historically, that hasn't really been a priority, but that's just because urban planning didn't start off prioritizing accessibility and, and things like that. It was more of a safety management profession. So it's kind of going with the the renaissance, essentially, of urban planning's. As, mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to have a certain amount of firefighting stations exactly. and police stations per area to be able to respond with a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the mm-hmm. cities, as they were developing pollution, waste management, things like that, that's really what brought urban planning into a real profession. Interesting. So, yeah, because 
especially in New York with the immigra- immigrants coming in and the high density and just the way that um, they were building homes for people. Uh, fires were an issue. Uh, diseases were an issue. People just throwing their waste everywhere. Like, so sewer systems, that sort of infrastructure was how kind of urban planning started. Um, so it's moved away from that a little bit because that's already been built and not saying that it doesn't need to be updated because that's a thing mm-hmm. right now where yeah. we're trying we to have, identify a, how to up, yeah. update these old we built for this amount of people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we have 150 years of experience in that, but we don't have 150 mm-hmm. years of experience in something building like a 15 minute city. Exactly. Some, mm-hmm. some, okay. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah. So. And when we, uh, I, I'm curious in, in, when, when, in, in our, in our talks, are we, focusing on an American perspective in terms of urban planning or so my when when you were learning stuff did they incorporate other cultures philosophies so for my studies it was mostly focused on kind of the Rust Belt Midwest area just because it was a lot of what were the effects of industrial revolution and how did these industrial cities kind of go forward and build off of this intense infrastructure that was built during that time. Um, there were for a few examples, like we talked about Brazil a little bit, but not to the extent of Detroit and yeah, the Midwest and things like that. So very much a US perspective that I have, but also I have traveled and one of my favorite cities in the whole world so is in Europe. And so I'd love to talk about that too and get your perspective on other cities outside of the US. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Yeah. I feel like learning about Rust Belt cities would be really, really interesting because oh, yeah. it seems like it just from the stuff that I've learned, Rust Belt, I know Detroit went all in on like, they Detroit was bussing back in the oh. day. Oh, yeah. And they <laughs> oh, kind of yeah. went all in on car infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is, you know, it's it, it seems to be kind of just a little bit of a shell of what it was. Yes. From my perspective would... of just, you know, knowing like, oh, there's there used to be buildings here now there's just lots of parking lots and i feel like a lot of rust belt cities could have had this a similar issue the city i live in denver i feel like has had that issue i mean Mm. it's it's interesting to learn about like denver had a chinatown yeah it was demolished for parking lots i don't know if you guys know that but yeah that was interesting to know that's crazy that we used to have that and it's gone but i don't know like i feel like um i've heard at least and said you can correct me if i'm Mm -hmm. wrong that rust belt cities kind of did very similar things went all in on this car infrastructure and it just changed these the landscapes there a lot. It's Absolutely, yes. It, I like that you've noticed that and you've heard that because that's that's really what happened is it was very car-centric. That means that the people who lived there and the people that were surrounded by all of the factories and the industrial side of, of the city really bought into that and had to buy into the fact that cars are important and, um, and that building highways and building very large roads um, was important. And so that is what we're left with now is just a very car centric mm-hmm. cities and region and areas. So, yeah. yeah. And from my understanding, it's like, cause those cities really developed during the invention of the car, right? Mm-hmm. For instance, like mm-hmm. places like Philadelphia yes. or Boston, some East coast cities have like streetcar suburbs and suburbs that actually yeah. could be more are more designed around public transportation because that was the only option streetcars and um like uh commuter trains mm-hmm. um but now like uh from like the rust belt and then moving obviously out to denver and the west right 
cars had been invented and everything essentially became car centric moving forward from there. Is that pretty accurate? I would say so. Yeah, I think there are some similarities between Philadelphia and Detroit in the sense that like just their industry and and what built the economy at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, And then kind of the issues that they're both facing at the moment and in the past few decades is depopulation and um, you know, white flight played a role and, and segregation and redlining. And so we can get more into that stuff too. It's just, um, a lot of these cities had the social side of what was going on very much ingrained in the infrastructure and how, um, it functioned. And so, uh, that also has its effects today combined with the fact that cars were so central to, to what was going on and, and everything. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. I saw see the memes of uh, the the solution, right? So highways are crowded. Yeah. <laughs> What's the solution? Add more lanes. <laughs> oh uh, no, no, absolutely that's not. That's not the solution. That's not the way. <laughs> no, the way. no. Oh my gosh, that's what they thought the way was, and that just makes yeah. more traffic. So yeah, look at look at Dallas, yeah. Dallas Fort Worth. It's like eleven lanes, and it's still absolutely <laughs> crowded to the max. Yeah. Is yeah. is do you have, have you ever done like studies? That when I hear that, Sean, the the YouTuber term is always I think they call it just like induced demand or like induced traffic. It's yeah. like mm-hmm. you put more lanes out, which means it'll allow more cars to go through, which means more cars will use the road, which means it'll get congested. Oh, and it'll just be the same over time. Yeah. Um, but you need an output. The thing like. It's not a problem about capacity on on the main thoroughfare. It's the how you get people off of it, mm-hmm. you know. And those never get built up for the most yeah. part. It's incentivizing other ways and other modes of transportation. Yeah. Um, and again, since it's so car centric, most of the U.S. really is. Um, it's hard to get people and funding towards things outside of cars um, for transportation. And so, public transportation is super key. I mean. Europe can attest to that, and a lot of other places mm-hmm. can, can attest to that, and even certain cities in the U.S. as well. But a lot of, especially the Midwest, from what I can tell, is just very still car-centric, yeah. and public transportation is not a huge focus. So Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I would do this 15-minute city mm-hmm. situation, assuming the majority of that is public transport, right? Right, right. Uh, and I can imagine this in Japan, which I think has some of the, the most interconnected public transport of any city I've been to. Because um, you don't have to walk far. Mm-hmm. Generally, everything's, uh, or everything is on time, and it gets you where you need to go quickly. Now, mm-hmm. I, you know, some days, right, like a big grocery haul, obviously you need to take a car. So I think the car is still important, but I wouldn't need to do that as often, you know, right. if I right. get places. Yeah. Without but, too much walking, yeah. but and I would take public transport. Easy. I would say if we're going to follow with kind of the dependence on public transit as the more convenient, you just go to the grocery store more often. You yeah. know, there's other ways that yeah. that that's our what, life would kind of be determined and yeah. kind of our pace for things. Because a lot of times right now, because it's car centric, we're wasting a lot of time driving. You can do mm-hmm. things on public transportation that you can't do when you're the one that's driving. And so it would switch up times and lifestyles, but... Um, it's really just more about incentivizing and the convenience level of the different types of transportation. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, like convenience I, is the whole thing. Exactly. Exactly. If I could, yeah. If I could go, I mean, they Japan has the Family Mart, Seven Eleven, or whatever on every single block. That's also <laughs> yeah. to me a huge deal because it's like, well, now I can go get some fried chicken mm-hmm. and like for dinner tonight, and it's just like that convenience of being able to, I guess, get food. That would be like part of the yeah. grocery supplement or replacement yeah. for Those, that for right. a day. Those the, little marts generally are usually more well stocked than the grocery stores I saw in Spain. Yeah. You know? mm. Well, then, yeah. So if 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 to... I have that, <laughs> you're right. I wouldn't need to go to a bigger store as often. Right. And, and a part re- of the re- oh, go ahead. And it reduced like food deserts too, right? I know that's a, a major problem uh, from what I've read in this is that you know in the U.S. specifically we have a lot of areas where it takes more than 15 minute drive to get any type of grocery store or food, and mm-hmm. you know those are. It, especially for uh you know lower income communities that can be a huge problem uh, because Absolutely. oh you're out of a car for a day and you're poor you can't afford it well you're kind of you're kind of fucked yeah. you, you, well but not everybody can live in in a city you know so you kind of have to have these different styles of of living. I mean, oh, absolutely. Yeah, totally, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I would say, I know my perspective is leans Until heavily on urban, <laughs> urban spaces, but um, there are different considerations for rural and suburban areas too. I think. I mean, I can say this as someone though, who lives in a more rural town. I still live in a relatively 15 minute city. I can get groceries. I can get, uh, go to the barber. I can go to the uh, local pub all within about a 15 minute walk. Uh, See, that's excellent. That sounds... I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah. Awesome. But what type of grocery store are we talking about, right? Is it... Sean wants the most nutritious. (laughs) Walmart? Uh, Is it Costco or is it... It ain't Costco, but... 7-Eleven. I can get get to like a a Walmart and a Meijer pretty quick. Uh, Actually, Meijer is a a bit of a drive, but um, I, I would usually drive that one. But for the most part, I can walk there's sidewalks that i can and uh like trails that i can get to uh any of the areas any of the yeah, stores in my no area no good sushi no good <laughs> sushi that would be, that'd hey, be that's you, give up, you gotta give up that's some stuff. that's nitpicking but you know. <laughs> yeah i mean but, honestly if i lived in a rural area the only thing i'd want to go the only thing i need even if i lived like 20 minutes from town it, it, it's like i just would need all of that stuff to be in one location if i live in a rural town and my like doctor was one direction 15 minutes and my grocery store was 20 minutes another direction then i'd feel like i'd be a bit upset but if i was able to drive to town and everything i need was there that's when i would be very happy i'd be like okay with that that's like probably the extent well that's how those small town just main streets came about right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know because everyone would live oh out farming or whatever and they, they go into town and There's all the stuff is on area. this main street. I've driven through so many of these towns <laughs> that have exactly what you're talking about. It's pretty about. much the town I yeah, live in. That's how it's a main street. Should be, in my opinion. But it's got yeah. enough sidewalks and enough public infrastructure where I can walk to the place and I can pick up what groceries I need. And uh, yeah, it works out. Um, but hmm. yeah, but obviously not every town in America is like that. And I don't know, I'm really pro, um, pro-urbanism for the most American reason, which is freedom. I just want the ability it's to. It's a choice. I don't yeah. feel like driving today. You know what? I'm just going to walk. Yeah. Sure, why not? I want a bike. Put mm-hmm. a little basket on my bike, get some groceries. Sure, why not? Do I want to drive? Yeah, I would love to drive. I want to go out for a drive, and I can drive there and just have options. That's that's why I want it. I would love to have public transport, too. 
that'd be a really awesome feature to have in a lot of American cities because it gives people options. It gives people the freedom to do whatever they want. Yeah. There's a plan in Salt Lake City that they're trying to do. I don't know the timeline, but they've done a couple uh, test runs where they convert like all of Main Street, which is a long street. We're talking miles, you know, um, to, <laughs> yeah. to just uh, a walking street. Walking path or mm, some cars and stuff too. And I think they wanted to put in some sort of tram that just went up and down it, you okay. know? I mean, that'd be sick. Yeah. So that kind Honestly, of I kind of like it, but I also kind of don't, right? Because mm-hmm. especially how Salt Lake City is laid out of, it is it is very much like the grid, you know, grid type roads. So Main Street's north to south. So mm-hmm. that means there's going to have to be ways for cars to get across. Yeah. And it just feels like it becomes a blocker, you know? Mm. Well, but, what uh And also, I- if I'm going to go there to walk, I have to park nearby. <laughs> If I'm far or away, you, right? Or you bird. You're you could bird, yeah. Sean. Or I know I'm close to it, right? Like I could <laughs> right. walk to that, sure. But not yeah. everybody could. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. I honestly How, think Salt Lake is well, actually a good example of that so you should look into Sid because mm, I has okay. a surprisingly decent public transportation system for a city out in the West. Oh. Well you I know I love to hear it, that. That's just yeah. Yeah. I say it rivals actually <laughs> Denver's. Denver's is more of a commuter rail. Mm. Denver's is a suburbanite commuter rail, in my opinion. Whereas Salt Lake's actually punches above its weight in a more like connectivity downtown uh, okay. To okay. neighborhoods. In my opinion. The benefit like, is what I it's see. cheap. Uh it's cheap and it's all connected, but if you don't live along the path, it's not as convenient, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and it's not like it goes everywhere. Right. right? You yeah. can get some places, but if you don't live on the path, then it is more inconvenient to use than... Can you get to not. Costco via the rail? <laughs> that would be um, such an alpha move, putting a rail just on a Costco stop. That's the only thing that, there. That is, the that is a good idea. A giant parking lot with a Costco shop. I feel like that would real. like... Costco's the OG. Yeah. I feel like they wouldn't like it, though, because that means you have to buy less at the time you go there. That's true, yeah. <laughs> they might be like, yo, true. no. Yeah, it's you like can't against drive. their business oh, model. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All you have to do is to get one of those giant Ikea bags and just stuff it with all your groceries and, and sling it over your shoulder. Yeah. Mm. Okay, hold on. There is a stop fairly nearby. Let me Ooh. tell you how long it would take me to get to Costco on the rail. Um, I also love that okay. everything comes back to Costco. <laughs> well, that's it, amazing. It, it is it is definitively the best grocery store. Yeah. Now, see, still, the downside of, of this shop. metro system is it's on the roads, right? So it's using the same signal system that cars are. Mm. Uh, it's not. So you get delayed separated. because of that. Mm-hmm. So I'll tell you, it takes thirty six minutes for me to get to a rail, and I and this is me. I live on a stop, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. And and it still takes thirty six minutes to get to Costco. What would you say driving wise that would be to get to Costco? Oh, driving, ten minutes maybe. Oh, okay. Same. So it definitely. Is I slow. mean, yeah. Now if it you, slows, and if, there, well, there is a there is a good point seven miles of walking in this route too. So transferring you, stations. It, no, just to just from to get from the nearest stop to Costco. Oh, mm. I see. Okay, so that that kind of sucks. Now, if I was going to Home Depot, it'd be closer. There's a closer. <laughs> there's less of a walk to that. I personally think, Sean, if you biked part of that, you would get there in like 20 minutes. Or or bird or board or bird. I don't know. Sid, Sid, well, we if, come back uh, to convenience. 
it is less convenient to do that than eh. it is to just drive my car. There. See, my perspective is different though. And <laughs> Sid, I don't know if Mike's told you, I'm a big. I I own my own electric scooter. I own two of them. I, me and, me I and Carly have one each. That's awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah. Maybe I did at some point, but that's that's cool. Yeah, we got them recently because I'm a I'm a big like bike biking or I guess like bike infrastructure guy. I don't bike. Yeah. I use the scooters, but I love it. I bike. Or I scooter just even if it takes a little bit longer just because it's like it to me it is more convenient because yeah. I don't know I don't like sitting in traffic it's like 50 50 I either get stuck in traffic or the traffic's fine and I can get somewhere and park but I don't know if it's like going to be 15 minutes driving or 20 minutes scootering it takes me two minutes to get out of my parking garage it takes me like another two minutes to park I could just scooter and just park it up lock it up and have way more fun on the way. Yeah, right. sometimes getting, like, I get my groceries on my scooter, too, and sometimes it's, you know, I got, like, four bags on it, and it's yeah. <laughs> kind of wild, but right. to me, it's, it the time goes by way faster that way, mm. it's way more convenient, most of the time, if I'm within three to five miles, because my scooters go, like, 20 miles an hour, wow. so if I'm within, like, three to five miles of my destination, it's, like, scooter every time, as long as the weather's good, and I'll get there fa- faster. That's um, awesome. See, that's I love, like, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say, like, that's... For me, like, what I like to see is, like, the bike lanes being developed. Like, mm. I don't know. Like, transit, for me, it, obviously, super good. Like, um, uh, bus rapid transits are always really good. But, like, what I pay attention to in Denver, at least, is, like, the new bike lane infrastructure. Because it's, like, mm. that is what's going to get me fa- get me to places faster. I don't know if that's... Like, in urban planning, is that, like, the focus? I... Because I feel like bike lanes are so easy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. In mild climates, I guess. They would be yeah, it depends. Preferred. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, I the the thing I always hear is, like, the Netherlands is, like, the best biking place ever. Right. And they bike in the cold. So why can't people in Michigan bike in the cold? Um, I don't know <laughs> if it's that cut and dry. But at least in Denver, where I know it's a little bit mild, it's, like, yeah. the biking infrastructure is yeah. is what I, what I crave and what I enjoy most yeah. hearing about. I don't know, man. I don't think I could go biking in 20 inches of snow like we have here right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I that would... I, I mean... So there's lots yeah. of lots of things to your question. I, one, mm-hmm. want to bring up a concept called complete streets. I don't know if okay. this is something that anyone... If you've heard of this it's before... It's a new term to me. Okay. This is new to me as well. So New term alert. Woohoo! Whoa. I love it. I'm, oh, my gosh. I'm sharing knowledge. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, no, so I really love the concept of complete streets, and that's essentially what we're talking about. So it, it's streets that provide pedestrian walkways, also provide bike lanes, allow for public transportation, and if it has to, also cars. And so it has this complete view of what a road could be used for and what it can do and what it can provide the people that live there or who are visiting. Mm-hmm. So a lot and- of that looks like taking our road diets. So essentially taking off the sides of the road, making those bike lanes, and then also adding in like little medians or things like that where people can be protected from the traffic mm, and be yeah. directed in a way that, yeah, protects people with their walking, but also allows them to cross the street, to use the street to walk to wherever they need to go and things like that. So it's definitely a, a huge part of the more modern urban planning concepts and yeah. goals and really what is prioritized. Like where yeah. I'm living, yeah. um, Colton, they have a lot more down um, some of the main streets uh, mm-hmm. and everyone too, but I know Colton also knows the area where I live. Um, mm-hmm. have a lot more bike lanes now on the main streets, so they've been doing a lot of road diets and construction in that way. 
That's super cool. It's a road diet. So that's where they just um, instead of having let's say four lanes of traffic or the two lanes of uh, two lanes of traffic happening, they make it either one lane or two lanes. They just take away some of the lanes and add um, the bike lanes or pedestrian walkways, green infrastructure, different um, other types of things essentially that can be adding to the community. What? 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 I don't know how 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 involved. Um, you've been mm-hmm. but what is involved in the city politics in terms of <laughs> who proposes I, a project yeah who who shoots that project down and who supports the projects right I, like what what what's the biggest barrier oh there's so many to putting the roads on diets and making them complete <laughs> versus you know uh, things like that so I'm there's also very curious yes mm-hmm. i will this. i want to make it also like just make it known i'm not a practicing planner so i don't my profession isn't in planning right now it's just more of the i know people who work for the city in the planning department as well as um have my master's in it and eventually i want to be a practicing planner but i'm more on the facilitation of evaluation but we don't have to really get into that it's just adjacent to planning essentially but um so the process it's very it's kind of (laughs) long it's very political (laughs) Uh, it really depends on who's the on the zoning board. Um, so that's just a board of people that make sure that the decisions for a new development or a proposed development adheres to what the zoning code is in the area. And for just kind of going back into what zoning is or to kind of go into what zoning is, uh, that's essentially the legal power behind the decisions that are made with urban planning. Um, And that's kind of a new thing Uh, in the last few decades. Originally, it was just kind of the master planner deciding, hey, we need a fire station here. or Hey, this is a good place to have a hospital or whatever. But um, with zoning, there's that legal uh, diversification of uses. And so now there's commercial areas where you can only have commercial buildings and things like that and then residential. And so it just divides up the uses for the land. Yeah, um, I know yeah. we, I think Cole and I could also, we can hold this off for a little mm-hmm. bit later, but I know we can also get into like zoning and like multi-use zoning and how Ooh, yeah. the American zoning system is absolute garbage, but Ugh. continue. Sorry, yeah, I, just heard to, that. I just wanted to put I've that into everyone's minds. are having problems. Yes. Yeah. I wanna, I'm curious about that yeah. too. It's outdated. It, yeah. So we can get back into it, mm. but um, so there's lots of, there's a lot of the, there's a lot of steps to the process. So someone, a developer, even a citizen who wants to open their own business, they can apply to and um, submit a site plan. So that's where they map out what they want in a certain area in a certain parcel, because the whole US is broken up into parcels, um, which whoever, the team that did that is just out of, yeah, crazy that that happened at the time that it did. <laughs> but um, so we all have parcels. Every piece of land is a parcel or a part of a parcel. and someone who wants to buy that land or owns that land and wants to build something has to submit a site plan. And so that goes through review and it goes through this process of, well, if you want this building here, it has to meet these certain criteria. And if it doesn't, you have to resubmit it. So it's a long process and it's a legal process. And that's even before you get to building. So, um, and developing the actual area. So it's a, it's a pretty long process and goes through a lot of restrictions and yes. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of times also the politics, because 
this goes through like the city that you submit the site plan. The politics are usually what the mayor or the the people who are in charge are prioritizing and also what the developers are willing to fund and the influence that they have there. So networks, things like that are play a important role in what gets developed as well. But but someone who's like owns a store, mm-hmm. right, or buys the the block, the parcel that a store would be on. Right. They don't say, or are they the ones that go, hey, I want to put a bike lane here. Can, they can't do that. Like who would, So who's the one that says, we're doing bike lanes now? Yeah, so the bike <laughs> lanes can come in and be required by the city as like a, a requirement for the land, if it's gonna be developed, or if the city owns the land, then they can um, decide where the bike lanes go and, and how that operates. So it really depends on the ownership of the land and um, mm. if there's a certain requirement for it. Because there are mm. ways to sort of have flexible zoning. It's it's kind of a new concept that is slowly being pushed because you know legally mm. things are always slow when it comes to the legal system. But um, yeah, so flexible zoning is something and a concept that is, is being more and more used and pushed for in the sense of allowing more space for things that are needed or things that are wanted in areas. Isn't it like flexible zoning, just whatever we did 300 years ago? We're like, we just put it wherever. You know? <laughs> like a lot of other countries have done. Yeah, like other countries. Yeah, we, just, we just throw it there. You know? yep. See, it's, it's it there. not that so flexible. Industrial waste facility right next to the barber shop. Yeah. Whatever. It's Prague now. Oh, my gosh. Prague. If only. I love Prague. I don't know if MJ has shared that with the both of you, but Prague is the city mm. that I alluded to that I, I love. Um, that is a very nice yeah, city. it's beautiful. Uh, but... In terms of flexible, very walkable, very walkable. Public transit's beautiful. You have everything. You have the suburbs, the downtown, the like hills and nature area. Mm-hmm. It's really <laughs> a lot just of commuter everything. trains. The hills. Yes, but the also hills. The trams. <laughs> yeah. I don't recall there being too many lines though there in terms of public transport. Besides, well, I mean buses, sure, but I'm talking like well. Uh, so from what I recall is that we there's only like three or four, no, only three, right? ABC lines. For yeah. Uh, yeah. the for the subways, but they have a big commuter train system, mm-hmm. so to get out to mm. the suburbs, um, okay. as well as trams in, internally, right? Trams yeah. similar to okay. the ones you'd find in Salt Lake. Um, I was but, only in the just the very uh, old town Prague mm, area, so okay. I didn't do too much exploring. Gotcha. Yeah, outside they have lots of options, and it is way more convenient okay. to use the public transit or even just walk and bike rather just than walk, use a yeah. car. Because also their roads are, yeah. are skinnier, they're narrower, so. It's, well, yeah, old Europe style, exactly. right? You know, yeah. you can't, they're not made for cars. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Organically built had, over 1,500 years. I wish we had more of those. It's just like, mm. it's so. That's flex zoning they had, right? <laughs> flex zoning, just build wherever. <laughs> I want to make it clear, flexible zoning is not just like willy-nilly. <laughs> yeah. Let's um, put the, it's definitely, the Purina plant next to this house. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. My goodness. The toxic waste dump right next to this uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, housing complex. <laughs> the nursery, yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, that's, that's why zoning came to be, though, is because of nuisance and just people complaining about not having a healthy life and so the nuisance which is like a tort in the legal sense a tort action wasn't good enough and so that's where zoning kind of came in and then is too restrictive it started off kind of very helpful and now it's gotten to the point where it's too restrictive on what we need 
Because I know, yeah. like, I've always been a fan of, I think, is it called the 5 plus 1? Uh, from your understanding? Oh, like, it's like the mixed use? Mixed use. Oh, yeah, yeah. Zoning, yep. right? Where you yep. have a, oh, you have, you know, three to five stories of uh, apartments or condos above mm-hmm. a first level uh, commercial zone, right? Where you can have restaurants or grocers and such. And it's something you see a lot in Europe. Yes. Right? And that's um, interesting. Or, also, Sean, that you said that's kind of like what we're reverting back to is that is how a lot of American cities used to be before the Industrial Revolution. So we'd have a lot of mixed use buildings like the person that was the butcher would live above their butcher shop. And so that's just how it operated until they I mean, everything just the pressure switched up how the city grew. So, yeah, it is a little bit of yeah, if you want- going back. And that's kind of what new urbanism almost that concept and. Um, mm-hmm. of new urbanism pushes it's, that. It's, it is almost a renaissance because a renaissance mm-hmm. was essentially a return to like the Romanesque times, right? Like the like mm. a, uh, a rebirth of the the Roman era mm-hmm. and now it's essentially that urban is, planning. Is yeah. modern urban planning just everyone's just a hipster and they're like, <laughs> oh, this old stuff is so cool. So <laughs> we're going to it again. I feel like what I keep hearing is this. It, we America had like this suburbanization experiment. Is that's the thing I keep hearing? It's like the suburban is a suburban experiment has failed, and yes. now we have all this infrastructure and we have to. It's kind of there now. It's like tough to just go back. Yeah. But so I don't. We are trying to go I back. don't think that suburbs are going to disappear. I think there's a certain level of convenience and other characteristics of a suburb that people like. Um, I think it ties very much into the American love of property and property ownership, cultivating wealth and in that kind of process of this is my land. And so, yeah, I don't really see that going away. Also, like, try to take that away from people. That doesn't seem like mm-hmm. that's going to uh, do America's well. America's big enough. We can have <laughs> yeah, all of exactly. it. Exactly. Right? So it's really just building. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't need to. You just, the cities just make them better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 And um, make those connections where people have the convenience to be able to travel and have mobility and, and things like that. And people will discover what they want and what they need and use what they want and they need. So this kind of just goes back Mm -hmm. to providing accessibility and making sure that everyone can um, live the life that they want, the quality life that they want. So with urban spaces where it's usually a lot more people and a lot more diversity of needs, it's really just the focus of making sure we're meeting those, which is very important. (laughs) And so that's kind of where with urban planners, it's very much a, a social focus now where you know equity and equality and making sure that everyone is living a quality life is is key so yeah and that's why we kind of come in with the hippie hippiness i guess (laughs) of thought (laughs) yeah sean if you want to speaking of renaissance if you want to get depressed take a look at what your streetcar network looked like in 1920 it probably was quite well connected i know denver's was wildly connected in like 1920. And so was Detroit's, which is crazy. Yeah, I bet you Detroit. What do you mean by that? Like, what do you like the streetcars? Street yeah, streetcars existed like, in cities, and then were taken out to allow you for mean more. like trolleys. Yeah, or like yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, what's, yeah. What's the story behind that? Like, what happened? Is just cars, <laughs> cars, cars, GM, 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 GM lobby. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Like it was a lot of I, that. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I, I was I was gonna kind of like go off that. I heard that. Um, 
and this this may be like this is like some of the urbanists were like the the car companies bought up the railroad tracks and then they tore them up i don't know if that's like 100 percent true or not but um <laughs> that was like a tinfoil hat i feel like that should have been illegal but then i don't know well, i don't, was, I don't there know there was a lot of lobbying know. there was a lot of hey yeah. i'll pay for this if this is something that's allowed and approved i mean money has the influence and a lot of the people that had the money wanted cars and that's why yeah that's how that happened and again that's kind of the politics Ford side had a lot of money oh yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean they're yes. booming there yes they're going and crazy. provided people a lot of jobs i mean people depended on ford and everything so um there was rarely too much pushback and really foresight i mean planning now is very much focused on the foresight of how does this impact the present and the future but also allow space for what happened in the past and so there wasn't a lot of that in these these moments of like the industrial revolution and it was just more focused on what can we do right now so okay that's so one thing i wanted to ask that kind of goes off this to me so as you're kind of saying sid Mm -hmm. it it you you said that planning super polit- can be super political. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it uh, in a, almost like it's just I I always wonder because you the planners that you have the data you know what works and what doesn't you know if you um, implement certain types of infrastructure mm-hmm. this is likely going to benefit the city and X Y Z blah blah right but how often do does these like data driven um, urban planning concepts get like shot down immediately from like pol- due to politics because from my perspective from the youtuber perspective that i get it seems like that could happen quite a bit mm-hmm. and it's like this is why it's so slow we keep trying to implement this doesn't happen is do you think that's real or do you think it's just like right now we're just playing the game of time and it just takes a lot of time to do this mm-hmm. and it's not really like people are shooting it down it just can't be done in five yeah. years it has to be done in like yeah. 20 years kind of thing I'd say it's probably a little bit of both. I think what helps with, and this is kind of where our political system is, where it's useful in its structure, is Mm -hmm. if you get a lot of community support, you get a lot of community Mm, pressure, then that allows for certain things to go through and provide kind of that backing for its need. And that's where a lot of urban planning now is focused on community engagement and making sure that needs are being met, but also knowing Mm -hmm. and finding out what those needs are. Because if you only look at it from a top-down perspective, which is how urban planning operated really up until recently, um, we missed a lot. (laughs) Like there was just Mm -hmm. a lot of things that we assumed. Like if you assume things, you're gonna miss really what's needed. And so that's why bringing in the community, because they're the ones that actually know what they need Everyone knows what they mm-hmm. need because they yeah. see what's missing. And so right. um, learning in that way kind of helps with, one, making sure you're doing what you need to do and making sure the community is happy and helped. And then mm-hmm. also like making sure that you have the backing to make those political situations go a little easier. So Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Do you ever think, do vocal minorities in any project ever make a bigger difference yeah. than you want them to have. You're talking about in, NIMBYs? I guess, so I guess that's the Ooh, biggest one. It's like YIMBYs versus NIMBYs. Everyone seems to be say like, oh, NIMBYs seem to be on the outs, but they're the ones that are talking to their city councilors right. so that they might have more pull, which may, is fair. If the people, 
if your city councilor is getting all this feedback and they're only hearing one type of feedback, they probably should go with the feedback of who's actually talking to them. They don't have, they can't read everyone's minds. Right. Can I, I what? Can I make a, a Yumbi and Nimbi? Not in my backyard. Explain. Yeah. So it's someone yeah, who yeah. gets um, defensive of like a lot of times it's with um what are those like big. Hmm. Maybe Colton, you have a better idea of how to explain this, but it's just people that get really like that's not going to happen in my backyard. I don't want to see that happening. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think like they don't want to see condos going up. Yeah, they don't want to see, see multi-family yeah. housing. They don't want to see yeah. um some green infrastructure. They don't want to see like solar panel, you know, air like going up and stuff like that. So just where does the term come from? Like, it's an acronym. The it's the not in my backyard. Oh. Or yes in my backyard. Mm. So it's like, I see. Yeah, it's like, I mean, in Denver, there's all this, act, like, in the metro area, there's, like, a lot of these, like, single-family home districts. Yep. And then sometimes a developer says, I want to build this 10-story multifamily, like, uh, apartment housing. And a Yimby would be like, yeah, do it. This is a parking lot right now. It serves no purpose. Put put a multifamily, put that apartment up, put some, like, shops on the first floor, whatever. And then a Nimby is going to say, no, don't do it. That they're gonna crowd my streets. They're mm-hmm. gonna crowd. It blocks my view of the mountains. Blo- yeah, blo- that's a yeah. great example. Blocks my yeah. view of the mountains. Um, I don't want that there. So I can understand that in the suburbs perspective, but in the mm-hmm. city, it's a city, right? You know, it, I it's, think and, that's and what the, it's for. The hard part is, I think when it when you go from like downtown to suburb, there's a me- intermediate of like downtown neighborhood, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. where I think it becomes tricky because cities it's like, expand and contract. You know, yeah, and that's right. the. Hard. Yeah, the, the barrier is where it's kind of hard. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So it, it's. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Yimby all, all fourth. It's yeah. like put, <laughs> take the parking lots out of here. Put the, put the multifamily units in there or whatever. But I mean, right. I get yeah. it though. If I have a good view from my apartment, <laughs> yeah. if they put up a bigger apartment next to it, I'd be a little miffed. You know, I would say <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> so I get, I get the view. Mm-hmm. I get the. The nimpy view, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I also get the other view as well, right? Yeah, and yeah. we need we need housing. The problem we have is that we need housing in cities, right? Because that's a housing. big problem, especially affordable housing, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. especially in yeah. like these bigger cities, right? American cities are known for their problem with density mm-hmm. because if you look at a European city, right, you have a lot of you know multi-story, but not tall skyscraper level yeah they're like you know, four to six five, stories yeah yeah four to six stories they're there dense yeah but still pretty dense and that allows for people to live in these apartments above shops and such when then you have americans it's a lot of times you have like the big city center with all the skyscrapers and then it just flattens out immediately you know there's other yeah. places like yeah. De- i think denver and detroit are kind of decent examples where you have like mm-hmm. sometimes smaller um, buildings that are like in that five, but then it's pretty short, and then it just becomes single family homes f- forever. And then you'll have like this little block of commercial, and then more single family homes is going out, you know, yeah, into the we, horizon. We, we have that missing middle in a lot yes. of areas. a lot of a lot of places in Europe, though. Uh, th- that type of building design, very small rooms, you mm-hmm. know, very small apartments, sure. uh, yep. which Americans don't like. We like mm-hmm. space. We want big. Yeah. <laughs> I also think there's 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 um, geographical reasons why you can't have uh, a lot of those buildings like that. Why? Uh, uh, like you know, California, for example, earthquake prone. 
know, mm. considerations. Japan. Whereas Europe, uh, earthquake Japan, they got <laughs> Japan has, <laughs> well, yeah. Tokyo is essentially all like between four to six story buildings. That's literally all of Tokyo. I mean, you remember you make the good points. You remember the yeah, the view from on top of the Ritz when no, you're yeah, looking it's over. It's the biggest city in the world. Yeah, and I, it's just I'm aware. It's all like the same level of buildings, and it's yeah. it's pretty cool. Mm. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Sean's point. Yeah. Sorry, Sean. Yeah. You're out. You're outnumbered on this one. <laughs> I think it's all just right. happens. What people are used to and what does like developers use to build so it's also yeah. not like we all use the same materials it's the boomers it's the boomers fault <laughs> the i boomers. mean get them out of here <laughs> i saw you, were you about to say yeah it is their fault Sid? <laughs> i mean they developed a part of this world and we're living in it so <laughs> we are yep. it's their world we're just living in it yeah <laughs> i saw a video recently uh it did happen to come from japan but it was a new demolition technique that they use mm. Where they just, it's like skyscraper, right? Yeah. But they didn't, and it's in the middle of, you know, a city. Mm-hmm. So they, they they can't blow it up, right? But they're, they're demolishing it. So they just cut out the bottom level, level by level, until the building just became nothing. Whoa. Like, really? Like, like a tiered collapsed? cake? No, like they, they, just, they, like, they, they j- just carved it out. <laughs> and I don't know how oh. it didn't fall over during that process. But the building just went ooh, very quietly, just down. I'll see if I can find the video. Oh, so that they, they like they like took the columns and they did like the whole. Um, they almost did, you know, the the trick, the magic trick, where you like hold a. Um, well, that's that's a example. But I was thinking more of like the magic trick where you have a like a tablecloth and you rip the tablecloth out really quick. Mm. Is that essentially what they did? And they just did that a oh, lot the of times huge until building the, until the whole <laughs> until the like, tiered cake just went down, collapsed. down, 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 down. So, uh, uh, blah, 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 uh, 140 meter high, 460 feet tower, uh, cool. shrink into the ground. Shrink. Uh, let's see. That's what like such do? a word yeah. to describe Drop this, drop this in the podcast, the link to the video in the podcast chat or the yeah, link yeah. to the article. Um, I, so they use temporary, they knock some portions out. They use temporary supports, knock the rest of it out. And then just lowered that down, and then repeated the process for hmm. however many floors are here. It's so That's interesting. Um, that is interesting. Why didn't they just yeah, copy throw the some dynamite? I, maybe I it's in a public area. They well, because it's in a populous area. Yeah, yeah, you okay. Could just, just blow it up. I mean, they've done that. They've done that before in the states. I know. I mean, you've got guys have all seen the um, implosions, right? Where like they take a building demolition and they demo the specific areas. Yeah, where but it just this is Japan. They were like, we can't. We can't. We can't make anybody. Noise. We can't, we can't make, make noise. noise. That's you the thing. Know, we, we can't. We can't, can't intrude noise. on people's yeah. days. Do you remember? Uh, so yeah, do, that's yeah. true. Do you remember that construction site that we we passed yeah. on the way to the yeah. the cup of noodle? So Sid, mm. when we were in Japan, we we're going to the cup of noodle factory, and we're crossing from the train station to go there, and we passed this construction site, quietest construction site ever. Like it was, it, it was like a whisper. It's just you could hear like weird. sometimes someone do, yeah. doing like a little like like a light jackhammering or something like that. But for the most part, it was complete. It was so silent and so quiet compared to like the loud mess that you would hear from like in an American city. Oh my gosh, it's hilarious. I feel like I'd be slightly unsettled by that. It Honestly, is weird. I was too. <laughs> people were walking around doing stuff, and we thought it was just not in work. But no, we looked, and then there's people walking around doing stuff. And like, okay, 
Interesting. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Like interesting. Crazy. Yeah. Like they interesting. had like a. Also, apparently, this is not a new deconstruction technique because this video is from ten years ago. So <laughs> I was wrong. I just saw it recently. I feel like cool. in, yeah. in techniques for construction that could be considered new. I don't know if there's a lot of. Yeah changes to it but i do have a really cool example of like a new building technique that i witnessed sure, in, that? in detroit so there's this really super expensive very gentrified and we can get into gentrification if we want to um mm. building that's in downtown detroit now and they built it from the top down what Whoa. yeah that's pretty wild why would they do that they what said is, it was more so cost effective because it it required fewer people to work on the building that is wild. Mm -hmm. But but how? So they, did they had, build it and then raise it up, or did they? So they had two construct elevator like columns. So they built the elevator like structure first. Oh, okay. And then it yeah. was like it's a it's condos like living situation, and so they built the living spaces, like each floor they built, and then they would raise it up each time. So it was okay. like this oh. like so interesting. Okay. Yeah. So it's like the. It's the reverse of. It's the reverse. Yeah, I mean that's kind of cool. that makes sense uh, too because it was fun it's to watch. Probably less dangerous day, as well. Like just slightly a part of mm -hmm. the building. Yeah, hmm. that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. gentrification. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm curious. Yeah. What are you talking about, Sorry, Michael? You've interrupted what enough I, now. What, what I said. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just wanted to mark it because Sid said it's right next to where I work. I was like, you yeah. probably not say that, and that's why. Oh, I bad. Okay, My bad. okay. I'm sorry. Okay, I yeah. I was doing I was doing like the little line thing to oh, do the mark. Okay, so oh, okay, might be. Yeah, it's, it's up good. to you on yeah. if you I want that up. in or not, Sid. But if you don't want like those details in, then yeah. we can we can cut those out. Maybe because it is no kind of I kind of described the building, so yeah, my bad. Yeah. But that might be that's kinda... fair. Yeah, it's easy. It's, it's pretty easy cool. to cut out. Thanks, guys. Cool. But I yeah, appreciate the protection. Gentrification. <laughs> oh yes. Um, are you so? What's that about? <laughs> very, di very divisive. I've talked mm -hmm. to a lot of people who are like, "I love this. This place sucked. It's gentrified. It's amazing now." Mm. And then obviously the other side is, "This was my cultural like home for twenty mm -hmm. years. Getting gentrified. I'm now having to move out." What What's going on here? What's going on yes. with gentrification? <laughs> so it's it's as you've kind of introduce it, a very complex, multi-opinions kind of just phenomenon that's happening. And mm. it is a part of making places, like imp not improving places, but develop developing places, putting more money into yeah. places. So it's, it's almost this natural tie into funding a space. Um, and because it's, uh, if it goes unchecked, that's when it's a problem. Because mm, it's okay. almost like how urban renewal, I don't know if we know too much about that, but I can explain it real quick. Where with urban renewal, there was this claim of we need to clear out the slums, but that just meant, mm. you know, making people who are in the like lower income communities or people of color, people, uh, communities of color were just kicked out and then not even, are, they were displaced and then not even given a place to actually live afterwards not, yeah. not compensated so, not nothing exactly is this like is this like need to go now i've heard of the build a highway through these homes yes like example that is was that, that was is, urban is, renewal is it, okay yeah. is there more that, to it though is it like yeah. were they it's not just highways right it was like a lot of other techniques they were trying to use yes for that so it was like it was, eminent domain yes so it was the use of eminent domain 
which is just the ability and power of the, the government to take property for the use of public space. And so, oh. yes, so that's why highways and things like that were built the way they were, yeah. was because the government said, this is public use, we're taking this land. They're supposed to be compensated, the people that live there, but it they weren't. Um, at least just mm-hmm. not justly and not effectively to the point where, you know, generational wealth was impacted because of that. So that being said, gentrification has similar characteristics and symptoms to that because mm-hmm. it is saying we're going to develop this area, put more money into it, but then rent, cost of living, and the people yeah. that move there essentially push out the people that originally lived there at the time that this is happening. Um, just mm-hmm. because yeah. if you don't compensate people and then raise rent, it's going to push them yeah. out. So All the ex-Californians yeah. move in. And all the people, yeah. locals move out. Yes. Yeah. I mean, as Salt Lake complains about this immensely mm-hmm. uh, because people move in because it's a cheaper place to live. Mm-hmm. Uh, slash, and then they start developing the land. And and me, as one of those people that came in, love it because <laughs> yeah, because there was not much here. Right. 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 Uh, in terms it's, of it of, makes it more uh, attractive to live there, and which is the yeah. whole point. But that also means that. But ultimately, yeah, it it's the opposite raise. of white flight. It's a white draw. So there's yeah. a racial side to it too, of course. Yeah. So. so how do you how how do you keep that in check? Because yeah, it's like I I, I love like I want to develop on all these areas, and mm-hmm. like I think that's amazing. But yeah, I mean that does suck from the other side. Is that like how do you even keep that in check? From do you just oversupply or something so that rent can't go up or? I think I there's, don't even know how there's lots of solutions. I think um, selling land to like local developers, people that are already connected to the community and, oh, okay. and things like that, because you're already going to pull in one, the networks, but also the empathy and care for the community itself within that development. And then so local developments usually or developers are pretty tied into that and so okay um they're yeah. able to respect the, the area and also care for the community and of course like programs for people i mean there's different like social benefits that could be provided um mm-hmm. but it's just a very intentional conscious decision that has to be made when it comes to mm-hmm. developing because if it's not then it's gonna that's what's gonna happen is gentrification are there any benefits to gentrification besides like the obvious, hey, oh, this place is nicer to live in? Like, does it help with like, hey, a local say, this local's been here for uh, 20 years, right? Mm-hmm. And they bought their house. It was, you know, lower middle income house they bought. And then now it, this area has been gentrified. Does that allow them to like resell their house? Say it's like, hey, I want to sell this house. And now the land value has gone way up. So it's like my house is worth like double even with inflation than when I paid for it, right? Oh, is that, yeah. Can that be a benefit? Oh, definitely. I mean, there's benefits to the sense of like it becomes it can become safer in the community to exist there and um, draws tourism if it gets to a certain point. And so it, it does boost the economy. Um, but that's not all that should be considered when it comes to yeah. people's homes. And so... Yeah, it benefits the person that's completely fine with moving, but often doesn't necessarily benefit the person that wants to stay and live there if they're living yeah. there at a certain state before the gentrification. Your community becomes a, a different yes. a different form than yes. when it they Yes, it serves started. different people than the residents. Yeah. 
Yeah. Man, yeah. it's so it's so wild to me. Like I usually try to be like super benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. um, as far as like when it comes to like I guess racial issues. But man, the more I seem to look into to urban planning, it does seem like there's a lot of weird racially charged, yes. like like redlining, <laughs> redlining, and just, yeah, yeah. It's always like like it's they used always, to have clauses even, in property that said you can't sell to yeah. certain yeah. people of color. Do you want, do you want to explain redlining, mm-hmm. by the way? I don't sure. Know if Sean, do you yeah, know yes. that'd be great if you could. Yes. Yeah, I was taught redlining okay. in school. Yeah, I, I hope we all had some concept taught to us of redlining. Mm-hmm. But essentially, the redlining is the use of property to exclude certain groups of people in a very systematic way. A lot of like real estate agents were at the forefront of this and um, it was allowed because often like in deeds, in property deeds, so like the owner has a deed and that means that they have the ownership of the land and in a lot of these deeds and other ways to show that you own the property um, said that you can exclude certain people from owning it in the future. And that's outlawed, that's illegal now, thank goodness. But um, that does mean that a lot of our communities even though it's no longer like in the system technically, it's the result of that system, so it maintains yeah. itself. So, yeah. yeah. When was I it? Mean, you, when it was when the whole thing was built, right? I mean, that's hard to change, right? Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's a little. Yeah, so definitely suburban areas. This is where that usually takes place, or is like the most prevalent. Um, so suburbs are very segregated even now, um, based on that historical yeah. use of of redlining and and the system itself being racist. Yeah. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So lots of things and like, like that. It affects, <laughs> and it affects gener- oh, yeah. generational wealth mm-hmm. and like because people and you know, funding people, property, you know. Yep. Yeah. All that. It's just like yeah. I wonder when how long do you think I mean, okay. So <laughs> obviously we're like we've outlawed this and now yes. it's it we're we're making this slow progress. But I've all it's sometimes it's like, man, when is this actually gonna happen? It feels like Things will be a lot more corrected, it'll, but it will take generations potentially to do that because it just doesn't happen in a decade, two decades, right. or a generation. Right. It's I don't even. I wish there was a way to 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 like just say, hey, we're gonna just rewrite all this zoning stuff, this this stuff, and just like make a hot fix. But right. I don't know. And that's why like yeah, intentionality and awareness and actively going against kind of the things that have been built into the system to exclude people and make sure other people have more power or more use of a space. Um, It's really the intentionality, which is why like Mm -hmm. community engagement and community focus on urban planning is really key because only the community again can fully explain who they want, who they are and what they want. And going back to kind of a question you had Colton before of, Mm-hmm. aren't the people who are the loudest the ones that are attending the community meetings and it's like yes that mm-hmm. i've been to a lot of community meetings and it is the loudest people that attend those meetings it's usually older people that right. attend those meetings yeah. and with older generations there are specific ways of thinking there are certain values that are threaded within their wants and needs and i think mm-hmm. to a certain how old are we talking like 60s 60? people who are retired have the time to go All to right, a community meeting. So we got meeting. like 20 yeah. more years we have left. nothing yeah. better to do than <laughs> yeah. some bullshit meeting. Left. 20 more years yeah. and then we can start putting bike lanes places. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All <No>. right, baby. <laughs> I'm sure, I mean, people can be convinced. They just have to 
you have to know how to convince them in a way that serves them. And that's kind of the role of a planner is understanding, maybe not saying, oh my gosh, you're being racist, but rather saying, yeah, yeah, because that's going to shut people down, whether they are Mm -hmm. or not. Like, it's just, that's not what's going to be helpful. What's helpful is saying, hey, we need multi-use apartments, multi-use, no, multi-family apartments and multi-use buildings so that people at different stages in their lives have the things that they need. And people can relate to that because people have children. People know people that are at different stages in life. And so that's how kind of we've been taught in my training and in my education that even if someone is being exclusionary, necessarily calling them out in a certain way like that, even though personally I would love to do that sometimes, is not the way to go. Um, but more so just understanding their perspective, not validating it in the sense of making Mm -hmm. sure that the community looks the way that they want to, because that's harmful to everyone else. But, um, yeah, having the empathy or exercising the empathy to understand their perspective in that way. So it's the the wildest thing. Cause yeah, it's like this, it's the such, such like a, I don't know, you have everything that, you know, what's right, you know what you need, Mm -hmm. but it's this political thing that makes it like. It, it, to me, it seems like it'd make it like ten times harder. I feel like that's the, like the that is like such a big thing in urban planning. It's just that political yeah. side that to me would it annoy would it annoy me? But it would. It's also eye opening <laughs> just to know like you you get the, all that history. That's mm-hmm. all comes to just to, to the surface, and it's like you have a really good understanding of that. But counteracting some of that stuff has got to just be a, a lot of work. It's a lot of like mental work to to do yeah, that absolutely and to have have this well changing mass opinion over mm-hmm. is does not happen overnight no yeah no it does not and especially years in, and years and generations of intentional thought like mm-hmm. you were saying absolutely and especially in the metro detroit area like there is a lot of distrust of government agencies there's a lot of distrust of mm. all of that because that was used as a way to destroy people's homes and it was used in a way that was a very paternalistic we know what we're talking about you don't have any say that's not going to build trust and so a lot of issues with metro detroit and just this area and i'm sure all over the u.s it's really focused on building urban planning and even like politics um is now focused on repairing those relationships because the relationships Mm -hmm. are where kind of the the growth is able to happen and so yes building trust and facilitating public meetings in a way is really important to allow for voices to be heard, people to feel like they're heard, which is also very important for people to build trust. Um, So urban planning is way more than just designing. Like it's really just the people, how to be around people, how to um, get to know people, be a part of the community. Cause also, you know, people don't really like people telling them what they want and they're not from the community mm-hmm. or or that kind of thing so really focusing yeah. on trust is like the and that's what I was current no. way of going sorry go ahead and that's why i was so excited to get you on because yeah. i really wanted to hear like you know cole and i are probably exposed to most of the, like the urban planning youtuber urbanism movement kind of thing yes. right and you know we get that all like the oh you guys should do that you know, they should do this 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 right mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you don't get to hear the other side of that art which is Here's the actual groundwork, which is it's just a bitch because it's you have bitch. to deal with sounds, yeah. ingrained it's stuff. Community and organizing, it's, it's, like it's really just yeah. making sure that the right people are involved yeah. and having that and knowledge so, of what the community looks yeah. like and who well, they are. And it's really networks and very social. Yeah. 
which I another like concept I want to talk flipped. about once we get to. But go ahead, sorry. Yeah, and it's not like a switch you can be flipped, no, right? It's no. something that you know because that's how it's almost like branded to a degree. It's like oh, well, that's how just, it existed. As long as we do this, that's yeah. that's how it used to be. It used to be we need a highway. There's a highway. Yeah, yeah, you just you know, build and build and build. They were called master planners for a reason. It was very much a, I know what I'm talking about. They didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to a certain yeah. degree, they did, but not actually, mm. like, tapping into the needs. It was more of, well, the federal government's giving us a grant for highways, so why wouldn't we want that? So Right. Yep. Yeah. Might as well use the money. Yeah. What do you yeah. think, as far as, like, um, like cities that mm-hmm. that we want to make more, like, people-centric, I guess, instead of, like, yeah. car-centric? What do you think is, like, the biggest thing that needs to be done as far as, like, either advocating or, like, policy? Yeah. The one I hear a lot about is, like, parking minimums, which seems to be very yes. important. Do you have a perspective on, like, the most important thing? Or, like, maybe you're just your opinion on, like, what do you think yeah. would make the best shift in people-centric cities? So, I think... So, I, I'm, I love nature, and I, I think the integration oh, yeah. of more of a natural spaces in cities would kind of get to where I would see an ideal city. Um, I really like green infrastructure, which is more of like a way to manage water. Um, yeah. And okay. make sure that there's natural spaces and pollinator gardens and urban gardens and things like that. So yeah, I see cities like my ideal city, I guess would be very much focused on that integration because that would allow for a reprioritization of like a healthy environment for people to be in and i think along with that would follow like complete streets or more like pedestrian oriented bike oriented places um Mm -hmm. so for me environmental planning and more of that like natural side of how can we integrate the two that seem like they're paradoxical seem like they're opposites but in reality Mm -hmm. we're a part of the environment whether we want to be or not why are we fighting it all the time? So, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. and then so that's my perspective. And that may help too with nice. like the, you know, I, you know, I'm watching demographics, right? And mm-hmm. with urbanism, always comes a shift of, uh, you know, children and stuff becoming more a huge burden on, mm. on the community, right? Because, you know, instead of them essentially being free labor on the farms and, uh, you know, people having a lot of kids, now it's oh, you go into you go into you move to the city you have like one kid and you're already like i'm broke from having Mm. just one child right yeah and maybe this will help with kind of you know offsetting our demographic because you know i don't know if you guys have noticed but there's a demographic crisis right we're kind of breaching the point where a lot of countries are actually declining birth rates right i saw that china's Mm -hmm. declined quite a bit uh, it was two like million six, or something like that. It was like right. six kids per thousand people. It was like yeah. What well, the they heck? Th- their issues were self-imposed in a way. Uh, well, to a degree, yes. But, <laughs> to a degree, yeah. yeah. Well, this but does anywhere, every, everywhere that has urbanism, right? It, you're you have almost the opposite problem of overpopulation, where it's underpopulation, where mm-hmm. you know everyone's you know doesn't want to have kids and uh, because it's too expensive to have them in these big cities. Yeah. Um, and, which makes complete sense because you'd pay for daycare and cars and all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't allow for this uh, this um, a positive environment, right? Right. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not a city person, so it's hard for me <laughs> to be like I I want to live in a city. I I mean I could do it for a little bit, but I don't know if I could do it forever. Yeah. I like I like being out in the rural rural area, but yeah. And this this gets actually kind of like to a concept that I is kind of new to me based on like even after I got my master's, but it's called the third place. 
I don't know if we mm -hmm. we know that. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's the to kind of explain dimension. it. Yeah, it feels very much like Stranger Things, like different world kind of uh, yeah. vibes. Yeah. But um, so like the third place is this concept of we all have. I mean, hopefully we have a home, we have a place of work, and then the third place is where we socialize. And so having places that are like, I've seen it called the living room of society. So just where people can hang out, mm -hmm. people can exist, people can socialize, people can meet new people. Um, and the priority with that one now recently is just making it accessible, so not super expensive. So coffee shops and libraries and museums and just kind of things you do outside of your work in your home that the priority there now and I've at least kind of shifting towards now is making it more accessible and especially mm -hmm. after the pandemic making sure that yeah yes we can have third place can even be what we're doing right now which is socializing and talking about whatever um with friends but we're also social social creatures so having options physically is, is important for sure. Mm. Yeah. My third place at Michigan State was Ellison's. That, I mean, that <laughs> is the perfect example, Sean. Nice. It was yes. your third place. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so yeah, that's a yeah. concept I've been hearing more about, which is exciting. I do feel like we are missing that, right? You know, I have like yeah. a local pub that I'll go to, right? Mm -hmm. But yeah, like that's, if I want to go socialize, that's where I'd go, mm -hmm. right? And I feel that's like- that's kind of that third place. That's yeah. It, it's a great concept. It's like something that so many. I feel like just growing up. If you grew up in like a suburban environment and you grew up without that third place, you would just yeah. be like, "Why would I go to the pool bar? Or why would I yep. go to this event?" Yeah. I mean, where every, I grew like, up, like three times a week. Yeah, where I grew up, yeah. like the Meyer was the third place half the time. Like it was just like you <laughs> yeah. go walk yeah, around. <laughs> like it was, yeah. you know, like there was totally. a lot of yeah. And you run into like friends and people who are like, yeah. oh, hey, and you catch up for like about 15 oh, minutes. Hey, just, like somehow yeah. that was the social <laughs> event for after high school, like like that kind of thing, like the mall. But then malls are also yeah, like. Mall. Oh, going, malls are a good, yeah. good like example malls. of a third place. Um, but before we get off of third places, yeah. I think most, a lot of kids nowadays, third place is, uh, funny enough, uh, Discord mm -hmm. servers or things like that. It right? is online, yeah. It's more online. Like we, have a, we have a group of friends that, uh, we talk fairly re fairly often to uh, organize events and things in a Discord server. You know, it's just yep. like where you exactly communicate and socialize now. And mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, those are very generational things too, which is interesting because that means also like needs are different between generations. Mm -hmm. And and also with the like pandemic that pushed a lot of the third place to the more virtual. So yeah, mm -hmm. it's true. Hey, VR really chat, man. It's gonna be yeah. everyone's third place. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think. I don't think it can replace meeting people in person. That you know? okay. On a real sense, yes. Yeah. There's it just, shouldn't. <laughs> I love. Yeah. I love Discord calls, but there's nothing. Um, I don't know. It's not the same as going to a bar and just doing. Yeah. A no, I totally agree. Or, uh, or like sitting at the park, but walking. Especially around. pandemic kids. I think. <laughs> pandemic kids might have might have shifted that a little bit. You know. You, yeah. you I'm do sure. iPad kids. Yeah. I wonder if that will be a will be a like a I don't know like oh you boomer you like going and meeting real people like four <laughs> yeah. years I don't know you freaking if that's boomer I, going I to meet your friends bet in person it will be a thing yeah you, you know? think that will no Man, I don't know oh, yeah. that that, that think, would be scary to me. I think the pandemic had a lot of impacts that we have yet to see come to fruition yeah, in terms of true, socially yeah. and what needs aren't being met, what are being met, those sort of things. And again, this ties back to urban planning because 
it's all about the built space. And so yeah. if people aren't using it, if there's more of a need for online things, it would change what's if, needed. If, yeah, if we continue on that thread, actually, for a sec, mm -hmm. I actually do think there's going to be a rebellion against the virtual to a degree. Mm. I feel like... Think um, so? Because it's oversaturated. I feel like a lot of people... People are so overstimulated by having like TikTok and all that stuff in the face. I know um, people that I've been meeting more and more have been like, I just get this out of my life, right? People who like, okay, Instagram, just I'm done with it, right? And mm -hmm. it's because it's actually become so toxic that it's unhealthy. You know, it's better to, and it's healthier to meet in person mm -hmm. and just do like quote unquote normal things that you'd think of, you know, it's like, oh yes, we'll just meet yeah. in person and go to a coffee shop or go to a bar instead of- what. <laughs> yeah, Why would I do that? Well, I mean, it's sad because you guys, I, you know, live thousands of miles away from me, but we still do, you know, obviously Japan is going to be our mm -hmm. kind of third place travel. option for two weeks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good point. I mean, at the same time, um, oh shoot, I had a thought and now it's, now I'm blanking on it. It was such a good thought. Oh no. I mean, you need technology because of you know, distances like this. Like we wouldn't hang out if not for the ability to hang out in virtual spaces and things like that. That's true. Yeah. You know, I mean, it makes this podcast part of possible. Everyday communication <laughs> just as a whole, which it is, is. Rev has revolutionized, exactly. but you need, you need both. I feel like the human oh, mind yeah. cannot yeah, just, I, I oh, agree. I found, I found my, I got to my thought. Talking about I the feel like mind. the, <laughs> the social like connotation, like, you know how like people behave differently on the internet. Cyberbullying is a thing. It's way more prevalent than mm -hmm. real bullying. It's like, I mean, if my third place was Reddit, I'd be pretty depressed because everyone is just <laughs> hating on everyone. Yeah, uh, that's fair. So in a way, obviously, we know each other, but we met each other in person. Um, and now we can have this third place online in Discord. But mm -hmm. for meeting new people, I mean, some people can do it. You know, they, they are on their Internet forums or they're on like some sort of online game where they meet up in person and then talk. But that's a pretty rare case. And I just think that as we humans now, we're just social creatures. VR chat might help with that. I don't know, because that is way more open. But I, right I now, think, it's... I think what should what should be the goal, right? Mm -hmm. The in-person, right, is the third space. And if people need to, the virtual hangouts is the fourth space, <laughs> right? Fourth That's space. like the Got we're breaking through the, the additional, <laughs> you sh mm -hmm. and and it, it's 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 in order, right? So you get your third place before you get your fourth place, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That would be a good thing for a a, a, a healthy development. You gotta, tra you gotta trademark this, dude, and it's like this is the <laughs> this is the new. It is the 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 first place is your home, second place is your work, third place is the coffee shop, and the fourth place is the oh, metaverse. Man. If, okay, oh my god, uh, <laughs> the first. If That's I a could great start campaign. a new social media service, I would call it the fourth place. Oh, that That'd would be, be such <gasps> big brain. Dude, that's yeah. actually trademark really it. good. Trademark it right now. I'm going to go so buy good. that URL right now. Just <laughs> yeah, you need, the you place? need to that's, that's somehow good. secure that because that's that would be genius. Especially if you've been an app. Make, make a new yeah. VR chat, just like the next gen <laughs> VR chat, the fourth place. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. You, start, you, cry you out started in, off in as like Twitter, but, you know, before Musk. And then <laughs> you, uh, you started off as like Twitter, right? And try to make it like homey and cozy, like a cozy version of Twitter. And then you add in, in integrate VR stuff. That honestly, dude, we're fucking geniuses. Or Sean's a genius. Yeah. <laughs> I when the equivalent of a VR wait, does this already exist? When the equivalent of a chat room makes it into the VR space, wouldn't that just cause more chaos than like an already just like anonymous chat room? 
I'm. Uh, I'll tell you right now. I'm not buying this URL. <laughs> Why? Oh, it's like a thousand dollars. So the fourth place is a thousand dollars. Yeah. Like thirteen hundred dollars. Fourth place. This is four th place. Is seven thousand five hundred dollars. They they know they know. <laughs> but it renews at fifteen dollars. So. <laughs> but it's available. You know, I could buy it. You know. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think I can revolutionize that though. Yeah, that's it's not a bad idea though, man. That's a that's a great idea. Colton, you should buy Final Fantasy twenty seven. <laughs> oh, they probably have that all the way to like one sixty or something crazy right now. There's no. I way. think I already story about how some guy did that at one point. <laughs> they oh, saw Final would... Fantasy three came out, and they just bought the rest of them. <laughs> and then, yeah, but it's because Japan so made the games. They didn't think of it. They didn't think to buy the URLs, so they had to that's buy really it from this guy. <laughs> That's really smart. But oh well, cool. Missed opportunity. Yeah. Is there anything you you'd like to talk about further, Sid? Um, I think I'm about. Other than like travel stories, like I kind of wanted to know what you guys look for or notice the most when you travel. Just out of my like, oh my I want to see what what draws you to different places. Ever since food. Food are oh, big. Oh, we're talking about urban planning. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah. that's important. Hey, urban it, planning it's, is it's everything. It. Like it's it, the food that's available, how people access it. That's urban planning. So, yeah, whatever I've comes to mind. Be, I've started becoming a nerd now. Ever since I started getting to, into the YouTube or like <laughs> uh, urban planning space, I'm like going to Chicago. I'm like the the middle housing. Oh my god, this beautiful use of middle housing. Mm. Nah, it's I it's love like seeing memes of architectural students. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, look at the look at the windows here. Look, what are they made out of? <laughs> Touching everything. Yeah, I I mean honestly, yeah, it's like ease of access. I want to walk out when I travel somewhere. I just want to be walk out. I love a bustling street, man. Spain was amazing. I loved the mm-hmm. late night. Everyone's out at at twelve a.m. That was the coolest thing every <laughs> yeah. single night. Having yep. beers, food. It would just felt so like. It was so it was nice active. that I could feel like I could jump in if I wanted to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I like, I love that when I go somewhere um, and it's just like people are out and about and there's just like activity going. Mm-hmm. That's Energy. like, I love that. Yeah. Even in um, Spain was like more like out there, um, almost like an, like this extroverted energy, even in Japan where everyone's like very much closed off. People are still doing stuff and out and about yeah. and that energy mm-hmm. and just like, seeing all these people like i i love that 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 yeah. gives me just do you remember like the post vibes. festival the post festival vibe like where everyone when it was at that festival at uh, yeah. uh sensoji and then everyone leaves the festival and all the bars there and we just sat at a random bar That's, and talked to strangers yeah 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 it's just cool the, I, I love that like i love being surrounded by lots of people i guess i don't know that, that makes me happy third places because yeah. that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what these all really are. Cole's looking for those third places. Yeah. <laughs> I always look for integration. So from like my IT standpoint, I'm like, I want everything to be under one <laughs> umbrella. IT. I'm like, I need like for instance in Japan, it's like the ICA card, the Suica card. It's for oh, trains. Yeah. I can okay. buy food with it if I want. It's essentially a cash card. You load you go to a train station, you load cash onto it if you want. Uh, I think Colton uh, and when we go there next uh, it ties in on your phone, so you, mm-hmm. it's like a, a RFID, just and all you do is up. you just scan it and you go, and you go in, and it's integrated with all the services, so buses, I trains, 
uh, all I those think things. The revolutionary nature of that though is much less nowadays because I have the same thing on my phone. Every, everything I, I have my credit card on my phone, and I can tap that anywhere. It's it's like the same thing, you know. That that is true. Um, but as long as it's integrated, like I don't want to have to like I would like ideally not have to really go to um, a, a train like a ticket thing. Mm-hmm. I just want to be able to just walk in. It checks that and hey, it knows I'm here. I just scan through. I go right. Um, if if we can just do it with the credit card thing, where it's just it clicks your credit card on your phone, like in your Apple wallet, and boom, just go and have that integration. So it's like it's ease of use and accessibility. I was gonna say yours, yours, yeah, definitely sounds more like efficiency and convenience in the sense of like that integration. So that's that's interesting. That's cool. Yep. And ideally, if you have like something like uh, when I look at U.S. cities, maybe city bikes, right? Where mm. think about sure. like Lime and stuff like that. Ideally, we could have a system where it's pretty much all the same thing. And all you have to do is just swipe your card or tap your phone or whatever, right? And boom, you're off. And it's all one system. Oh, I need to hop on a, uh, a subway. I So I take like a bird to a subway and then I take a bus to the destination, right? Mm-hmm. It's all kind of one fluid motion mm-hmm. versus having to go through dealing with multiple different systems. Mm-hmm. Um, ideally, that all that integration uh, is like kind of the ideal I'm looking for. Yeah. Or just um, have one app. I hate when I have to use like three <laughs> apps for different like transit options. <laughs> exactly. That's Freaking annoying. Denver's rail thing. And then, yeah. And it means the schedules yeah, are integrated and yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do think American cities probably are better for like the, the birds and the bikes because, you know, we're, we still are going from the, you know, trans transitioning from the car centric mm-hmm. uh, environment. And, you know, it's a lot easier to, put down a new bike lane than it is to add an entire light rail system on the surface streets. Yeah. Yeah. So, but (laughs) absolutely, I I think that, but having that, that flow of systems would be really, is really nice. And I know that's what I always look for. Um, so it's, it's much less of an inconvenience and it promotes people from, because if it's super easy to use, I don't, and it's the same price as like the, what I'd pay for gas wise getting to this destination or maybe mm-hmm. a little bit more, but you know, obviously I'd have to own a car and store that and everything. I'm going to use that option rather than have a car. Right. Like, right. You know, Casey and I were talking about if we move to a, a bigger city, um, in the, in the future, it's like, we may just d- go down to one car and then I'll have yeah. either like a, a, get a bike, um, like a mo- motorcycle, uh, for just like short trips, uh, or just have scooters like Colton does. Right. I'm surprised you and Carly still haven't still haven't just. We need to get rid of it. We do, especially since neither of us drive to work anymore. We both Mm. take public transit slash our (laughs) scooters. So, like, man, we're excited to get rid of a car, but right now we just gonna have them. So fair, and that would save money too, just like insurance and everything. Exactly. Yeah, man. I did the breakdown, the cost breakdown of like how much you pay for your car. Wild. It's actually kind of insane. The maintenance. My, oh my public transit maintenance is big. It's like I Denver just lowered their transit prices this year, and nice. I was almost the same from like buying the bus ticket plus driving my scooter to work, um, as far as like gas and maintenance equivalency. But now it's like so much cheaper just to take public transit. The only thing I lose is time, which I don't know. I work yeah. on the bus. I I work from home, so mm-hmm. I don't lose a lot of time on the bus and waiting. So. Yeah, gotcha. and that, yeah. That's a huge I'd love to save money on gas because I spend. Let's see, I have it pretty quickly accessible. I spend 
about, I don't know, a hundred to 150 on gas for the most part per month. That's not the worst. I've seen um, way worse, honestly. Yeah, that's about but, me. Uh, yeah, I have a very short commute now. Yeah, um, your commute's good right now. But uh, it's... But if you spend 30 bucks a month on gas, that would be cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, that'd be great. <laughs> exactly. You know, that'd be a, that's a lot of savings, right? Right. right. Yeah. You'll have to fill your tank once a month. Imagine that. And that's with your Jeep, Ugh. Sean. Which the Jeep would a... be insane. Yeah. <laughs> Sean, was your final answer food for this topic? Yeah, anything else you look for? While traveling, um, I, I yeah, in trap is just in general for traveling. I, I look for experiences nice. and uh, just kind of experiencing the new place, whether it's things I'm doing or the culture that's there. I like doing that, but I don't have super strong opinions, right? I just kind of like yeah. to be there, mm-hmm. yeah, right. And see, yeah. experiencing something different, yeah. however, whatever form it may take, which is important. That's what okay. I like about traveling. Yeah, you guys. Okay, kind of going, kind of going off that loosely. <laughs> everyone has everyone here played Zelda Breath of the Wild? Yes. No. 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 Sid, you you have a Switch now. You should get it. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll tell good. you. I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll explain this a little bit. So when they made this game, like one of their key philosophies was like, all right, Link has to go from point A to point B. It's on his map. But we want to put as many distractions as possible to get the player off route to like do this mm. random thing. Mm-hmm. I want a city to be built like Breath of the Wild. <laughs> I want a city Dude. when I walk from point A to point B to just have as many distractions and interesting quirks <gasps> as possible. Oh my god, dude! To just it make wor- me yeah. like never get to my destination. Yeah. That'd be so if, fun. If that's the case, though, it works because Casey, whenever she plays, she's like, "Oh, <laughs> she's this like, cool What's thing. This? Let's just go pick mushrooms." I'm like. Okay, sure. Whereas I'm very like goal focused, like I'm gonna teleport here, most efficient route possible, right? Mm. And she's mm-hmm. like, Oh, let's just go on a lolly. Oh, there's a bandit camp. Let's just go kill these guys. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, I like getting distracted. That's fun. Yeah. yeah. That and is especially that is in super cities. Fun. That's the whole point. I mean, that's what I love about Prague, right? Is it's it's a maze. It's a labyrinth. Mm-hmm. Yes. And makes that it so is, walkable. Yeah. But at the same time, it's a relatively small city. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's a lot of fun because it's big. It seems bigger because it's a maze, and it's like you're maneuvering through these different organically designed streets, mm-hmm. and you even with like modern mapping, right? It's still like, oh, I can you know still wander through, and oh, I see the shop now. I'm going to take a look at it. It it looks cute. Let's just go in, and that that's uh, yeah, that's a that's a really nice goal to have. Yes, is there a that's, is there like a word for that, Sid? Is that like a, a thing that actually has a term attached to it? In terms of, of like just distractions. Yeah. <laughs> so I think <laughs> like, for me, that's just um, having lots of options for people, like just allowing people yeah. to exercise their freedoms in a built space and catering to different freedom. needs. Yeah, I know. Yes, exactly, MJ. So um, <laughs> I know you'd love that. But um, yeah, so <laughs> it would allow for people to do what they need in a space and what they want in a space. And honestly, what we're talking about, too, is one of the two things that I look for with traveling is just that ability to wander, to almost take on yeah. the life of a person that lives there and then find mm-hmm. like your spaces that you love. And that's one of the things that I really like to do. Um, is to almost live in a space as someone who's like, or when I'm visiting, live yeah. in in that space really and take yeah. in that. I, honestly, Colton, yeah. you make a good point. We wish we would get urban planners and game designers together. They could probably make a pretty dope <laughs> could city. Could make a bomb ass city. Mean, yeah, <laughs> we definitely use certain technologies like GIS and things like that that map out different um, spaces, which kind of is like a game. It's all these maps of of 
locations and buildings and commercial spaces and houses. So I'm sure it wouldn't be too far off to integrate with like game <laughs> designers yeah. to make it interesting. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll email Google for some funding. I think yeah. I need like $10 million <laughs> for that. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you're not even exaggerating with that one too. Yeah, <laughs> probably. probably not like underestimating, honestly. Yeah. $10 million, that's, that's pretty low bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In this economy, that's low bar. For real. But uh, I have a question. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've thought of a great question. What, why do you think um, that the last great urban planning movie is or is not Disney Pixar's Cars? <laughs> urban planning movie is mm. Cars? Where does this come from? Think about it. Think about it. They. Oh my God, you're right. The city. <laughs> and it's what? the last great movie that talks about the issues. Yeah. <laughs> I they mean, talk, it definitely well, is a, a movie it's, it's that relates to designed for cars. Planning. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it is, but they also revitalize the town. Yes. yes. How they do it. I forget the plot yeah. of cars. <laughs> they bring in tourism. While, yeah. They bring in. Um, oh, yeah. they do. They bring the tourists back. They, they get pave a the really. Road. No, they get a really rich... Because the byway cut through it, and they're like, we got to market this place. I mean, the oh, race car, right. Lightning McQueen is rich, so, I mean, he brings in the fan base and, yep. you know, yep. all of that. That's true. And it's on Route 66. So, and it's, yeah. The key is we need influencers, is what you're saying. Cool. We need influencers. We need money. <laughs> that's that's. I'm going to go... That's, your face. That's, checks out. I'm going to go more right? with the, the money side, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just okay. kind of allowing yeah. influencers Mr. to Beast. go We got to bring in Mr. Beast. That's oh, money I... and influencers. There we go. Mm, yeah. Mr. Beast designs a city. Mr. Beast video. I'm going to make the most urban environment in the U.S., and then we're going to blow it up. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's going to be his video. And oh then give gosh. everyone a million dollars. Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's funny. That's funny. I was trying to think of any movies that incorporated kind of city type development, mm. but not as the primary focus of the plot line. You know, well, any yeah. really dystopian uh, but, movie focus have focuses heavily uh, was like dystopian movies, like a lot of like The Last of Us that's is it urban planning. Like clearly, the spaces that were built are not serving the people, so um, <laughs> they aren't being fun- they aren't functional. That's a that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. really, most movies can be tied to urban planning just because it's the built environment that they're in. Yeah. So. Or there's like yeah. a issue mm-hmm. that's like, well, this was planned like, poorly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. If it's about so, people that live in different sections of the city that are poor or more rich, that's urban planning. So even like, what is that like fish tales, not movie or whatever, uh, with Will Smith voicing a fish? You know, like yeah. Oh yeah. yeah like yeah. that movie's about urban planning essentially. Shark yes, Tank. Yes, yes, that one or Shark Tank. Yeah. No, Shark Tank. Shark Tales. No, Shark Tales. Shark Tales. Shark Tales. There we go. There we go. You're Shark Tank. Shark Tank. We really combined the two ideas. That was good. That was good. So, (laughs) like, that can be about urban planning, and that's also about social issues. So, really. Yeah. Oh, Sid, I would love to see what you would do with City Skylines. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you had, I don't, it's a game. Oh, okay. It's about I was like, essentially just designing general city. city skylines. I was like, I would want to make them pretty. No, <laughs> but no. Uh, yeah. yeah, no, it's a, it's a game called City Skylines, <laughs> Got it. and uh, it's all a computer only, so you'd have to. Well, maybe on an Xbox or something like that, but that's cool. You know, it's not it's, it's not on a Switch. So, mm. but oh my God, you could do some serious cool cool shit with and that. And the premise is oh, just like it. designing cities. Or, yeah. Oh, okay. It's okay. like SimCity. Yeah. It's like you mm. just. Uh, I think you have like this budget thing, and it's like, oh, make your There's city. Zones. Yeah. 
There's zones. You do zone. Very yeah. realistic. No this sounds zones, very realistic. But there, there are no flex zoning though. That's ah. the, the downside. It's gotcha. It's, I think you can. Uh, you can residential. be pretty. You can be toxic. You can put an industrial plant next to like single family homes. I think. <laughs> well, yeah. Really like, I think that's Whenever the I play, opposite I like of what to, needs to happen there. Well, you can do commercial. <laughs> yeah. Like I always do commercial adjacent to a family residence, right? Yeah. I like put like a commercial district and then surround it by residents. But that makes sense. That's a side thing. But yeah. Yeah. I saw a super interesting movie recently that i had it came out a while ago and i want to know if you guys have seen it and if not you should totally watch it uh it's called downsizing mm. oh, no. oh with I've matt, seen this. With matt damon no it's a great movie it's a really good movie it's it's um, so weird i like it well yeah it's weird but it's such a unique concept mm-hmm. so essentially it's the it's these this <laughs> medical technique was invented that lets you shrink anything biological down to like a 36 the size so they that you can you can downsize right shrink yourself mm-hmm. to like a six foot person becomes four inches let's say and then they just build these little cities mm-hmm. right but because it's so much smaller, it costs way less oh, they just so it's like- this whole like sales technique of, of saying oh, if you sell your house and everything, you may have eight hundred thousand dollars, let's say. Mm-hmm. But in a downsized, you know, environment, that is the equivalent of five million dollars because, and then you could retire there off of that. You mm-hmm. know, I just need styrofoam to build my house. Like, <laughs> let's it, go. Like, it's, it materials. was such a fascinating yeah. T- yeah. Uh, uh, concept. Yes. I thought. Yeah. And it kind of took uh, on the like overconsumption of the environment mm-hmm. and yeah and kind of climate change if I remember correctly just how like yeah yeah a little yeah, bit of it. like where what we're at with consuming things is just destroying our world so people took on like cheaper homes cheaper a cheaper life essentially yeah by going smaller and it's not a movie that that went anywhere either no right there's no like real definitive end Mm-mm. you know or beginning or end it just is kind of a story yeah, just the human story which i find refreshing to watch um after everything we get we watch most of the time right but if you uh, colton you should watch it it's an interesting movie i, I can try uh. the synopsis kind of threw me for a turn there i was like a man <laughs> shrinks to five inches tall i'm like okay mm-hmm. yeah this is interesting it's not it a, like uh uh, uh earth shattering movie but it's an it's interesting yes yeah definitely interesting so I'd recommend it too. It was entertaining and interesting to see how oh. they like dealt with Matt Damon. Yeah, main yeah. Character. Matt Damon Matt is the Damon. Main character. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, I was just bored, frankly. I was like, "This is <laughs> what the fuck." It's like what? I think we've learned that your taste in movies is not good. So I'm not gonna. Don't, <laughs> oh, don't Sean, think, I think Michael's the, the guy that? who says Moonfall is good. I feel yeah, like exactly. Moon- Sean, Sean, oh, we question your taste in movies. I didn't say that was good. You- I said it was a good bad movie. <laughs> no, well, that's yeah. different. That is the best bad movie I've heard. So that's that's different, I guess. Yeah. Which basically makes <laughs> a great it a good bad movie. movie. So no, my 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 taste in movies is pretty good. I agree. I mean, you and I usually agree on what movies are like. Your your yeah. your your mindset is just too Except narrow. This. Except for this one. No, I just think <laughs> I just think that downsizing was kind of a it's a ridiculous too ridiculous a concept for me to like 
care it's about. Ridiculous. I don't know. I've watched some you're pretty like crazy the people, movies. Like <laughs> you're you're what you are saying to me is the same that when people say, "Oh, I just can't get behind animation." Like, I, I can't know. Derive I know. Emotion and from animation, I, it's I the exact same concept. So I, I cannot that. get behind your statements. <laughs> I completely understand because I literally hear that in my own. Like I was like literally as I was saying that, I'm like. This is the exact thing that people yeah. say to me when yeah. I talk about animation <laughs> and anime. And then they're like, um, but at the same time, this one was just, it was like, ugh, it, I don't know. It just didn't, it, it bored me and I was not. It's okay. Just be okay with us judging you. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone's entitled to opinion, even if they're wrong. <laughs> yeah. oh, all right. Well, with uh, my opinion being wrong, I think we should end this podcast. It's been what? <laughs> I don't know. Good an hour, hour and a half over that. So, yeah, on that note, uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Almost a Podcast. Um, thank you so much for coming on, Sid. It was awesome talking yeah, to you about this. It's been fun. Uh, I was so thank excited you. to get you on. Yeah, I it's feel. nice having a smart person on the <laughs> podcast for once. <laughs> yeah, having someone with an right? educational background and what we're talking <laughs> about. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> educated. Yep. Well, I appreciate it's just that. Three, three idiots and one smart person. Yeah, <laughs> oh I could. But yeah, thanks again, Sid. I could talk about this for another like hour and a half. Oh, so same. I love it's, <laughs> it's Sweet. It was really cool totally to hear. Totally do like, uh, part two. Yeah, yeah it was cool to, to hear follow. like a it. real person's perspective, other than just like a hobbyist's perspective. So yeah, yeah, someone who's actually in the industry. Well, I'm glad I could yeah. contribute to to the passion and kind of share some knowledge because I'm very passionate about it. Um, I'm sure that came through. So yeah, thanks for having yeah. me. This has been so fun. And yeah, totally yeah. down for a part two if we want to talk more about like the history, nitty gritty, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, but Sweet. you fucking better watch <laughs> Blue Eye Samurai before that. <laughs> Blue Eye Samurai is about urbanism. Ooh. Is it? Kind of. Kind of. Actually, kind of is. Yeah. You you could it, you could totally. Oh my gosh! You, you convinced can. me already. I guess that. Write, yep. write your thesis. Write your thesis on Blue Eye Samurai yeah. is actually about urban planning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh! I love but, it. Well, actually, you already wrote your thesis. Yeah. So. Yeah, we're done with that. Cool. But. <laughs> that part. Never but, again. <laughs> yeah, never again. But yeah, thank you so much to our listeners. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this uh, podcast as much as I did. Um, obviously, do all the classic, you know, like, follow, subscribe. And of course, one day we'll get there. Take it easy, y'all. Bye, gamers. <laughs> Bye. Bye.